what's going on guys welcome back to consuming crime with jen and jules it is jules here and uh what's up welcome back good to good to see you good for you to hear me um before we get started make sure you give us five stars wherever you are listening and um again i am not doing the patreon right now but if you are subscribed and you were listening to there's a couple episodes there maybe like five or six but after that there will not be anything there so if you still have my patreon and you still want to subscribe that's cool but there's not going to be any new episodes for a while so just keep that in mind you are able also to cancel at any time just fyi there's not going to be some crazy process for you to be able to do that this week the audio should be much better i did work on fixing that and i also put on headphones so that i can hear throughout the episode and i don't it doesn't just like change up on me like last week this week i'm continuing to cover the series on discovery plus called uh, american investigation with lieutenant i forgot his name again hold on american detective with lieutenant joe kenda also last week i kept saying dr s instead of detective s last week i don't think we talked about any doctors but i kept saying doctor instead of detective so hopefully i'm more aware of it this time i don't know why i did it so much last episode but um i had coffee today so hopefully that uh fixes that issue another thing before we get started i'm gonna start doing the ad in the beginning of the episode instead of in the middle and i'm also just gonna tell you guys straight up about the ad because i use audible all the time and please 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 if you have not checked out audible go ahead and do that you get two free credits um, on consuming crime completely on us it's audibletrial.com slash consuming crime and right now i'm listening to he's lying sis it's basically a book about <laughs> i mean people that lie not just men but women too like common phrases that are used when somebody's kind of like pulling a fast one on you before that i was reading the science of postpartum depression just because i was going through that a little bit and i'm telling you guys i use audible all the time it is completely worth it and I'm not really much of a reader. I like having books because they're aesthetically pleasing, but if you look at my bookshelf, none of the books are opened because I like to buy the book and then get it on Audible. It sounds ridiculous, but when you get the credits, it's totally worth it. So I would go ahead and check that out if I were you. It is audibletrial.com slash crime again. Other than that, let's get into it. Today's episode is called Murder, Murder, Murder. Again, it is American Detective with Lieutenant Joe Kenda. It is episode two. I'm calling it Murder in the Jungle, though, and you'll find out why in a second. So on January 10th, 1998, this is set in Seattle, Washington. There's a man that's being interrogated, and he says he's looking for a human prey. This documentary is starting off a little bit creepy. There's a man in the interrogation room being videotaped and he's just like i'm looking looking for something they're like something to what and they're like something to murder like basically kind of bragging about how he's a cold-blooded killer but they don't show us what he looks like just yet clearly later on we are going to get some sort of confession the documentary is interviewing cloyd why is his name so hard to say the documentary is interviewing cloyd steiger he retired in 2016 and he has 22 years of experience as a homicide detective and he worked on over 250 homicide cases i i was wondering is there that many murders homicides in seattle washington i mean my uncle made a point saying seattle washington is like a very depressing state so maybe he was investigating some suicides as homicides I don't know. Regardless, that's a lot of deaths. Detective Steiger was at his son's wrestling match when he received a call from his sergeant saying that there's a woman with her throat cut. And obviously he had to go see what was going on because in his mind, if her throat is cut, that's not a suicide. Somebody killed her. He tells his sergeant, all right, I'm on my way. 
The area to him was very familiar. It was an industrial area and very dangerous. This area was heavily populated with a lot of homeless people, a lot of people that were just on drugs or um, prostituting. And overall, they described this area as a place that didn't really have any laws. Like people kind of did whatever they wanted in this area because it wasn't regulated. And this is also an area that is in the center of a very large city. This place was referred to as the jungle. It's also a very large stretch of woods. Detective Steiger had worked on more than two or three homicides that did come out of that same jungle. While being unnoticed, it looks like Detective Steiger does have experience in investigating homicides in this area. When he arrived on the scene, he saw that there was a female on the bottom of a staircase with her throat slashed open. There were crime scene photos, and I noticed on Discovery Plus, they show a lot more than you would normally see on a TV program, and I think that's because they're not regulated like television is. It's kind of like Netflix where they just show whatever they show or show whatever they want to show. You do see the crime scene photos of her, and she kind of looks like a little bit twisted up. Like It looks like she was sitting down, and maybe after being killed, she was pushed forward, and she was kind of like bent in different ways. I don't know. It just... You couldn't see her face either. The man that called in the murder was now in the back of a patrol car because he's a witness, so they're going to want to question him first. There was also blood on his clothes, which is a little bit suspicious, but also if he was if he was like homeless, then maybe it's from... I actually don't know what it would come from, um, but I, again, if her throat was slashed, I would think there would be a lot more blood than what was on it. The detectives do not go down the stairs and they wait until the medical examiner gets there. Once they get there, they're able to look get a closer look and she was on a mattress and the way that she was dressed did indicate that she was also homeless and potentially a part of the jungle area. Her shoes were off and one of them was untied. This seemed deliberate because it was the way that the detective described it is it's very cold weather. Why would you want to take your shoes off? So he made a mental note of this thinking, okay, the murderer must have tried to do something with her shoes. She was a Native American woman and she looked really young, almost like a teenager. Getting deeper into her injuries, she had a throat cut that was extremely deep, cut through her major blood vessels, and one of them that started from this part of her cheek, the upper part, like by her ear, all the way around. So whoever did this was obviously meaning to kill her, but they did not find any murder weapon, no knife, no nothing at the scene. Detectives guess that it's something to do with drugs, prostitution, maybe a domestic violence thing. First things first, they need to know who she was, so they sent her body to get an autopsy. While that was going on, they had William Gilmer, who was the witness, the one with the blood on his clothes, and they start questioning him. They took him down to the office, and the detectives call it an interrogation, but the way they presented it to him is they made it seem like it was just a conversation. They didn't want him to freak out. He says that he was looking for a place to sleep. He saw her down at the bottom of the staircase and he's like, hey, hey, like, wake up, which I mean, there's blood. She's not going to wake up, but I don't know. Maybe he's just in shock. So he tries to get her to wake up from the top of the stairs and he does not go down there, he says. After calling her a couple of times, he does get a little bit closer and then he says he sees the blood. So he goes into the building next door, which is a halfway house, and he calls 911. He tells officers that the blood on his t-shirt or sweatshirt was from a fight that he had with somebody. And the officer's like, so that blood is not going to be the victim's blood. He says, absolutely not. This blood is mine and maybe the other guy's. He said he had a busted lip from the fight. You can't see... The detective does not say if he does have a busted lip, but he willingly gives officers his sweatshirt and they run everything through and lo and behold, the blood does not belong to the victim. 
so after that he's not able to identify the victim either they really can't get anything else from him so they let him go detective steiger remembered that there was another murder of a woman that went unsolved back in september of the year before which would be a couple months before this one this murder also happened in the jungle he went to that file and he was looking at the old photographs and he finds something that looks like these two murders could be connected this was the murder of denise harris and one thing he noticed that could link the two things together is that this woman had been tied up with shoelaces weird the other woman had her shoelaces removed but she wasn't tied up hmm. he goes to see mike szynski who was the lead detective of the denise harris case these murders had happened 900 yards from each other i i want to know how much that is in miles yards to miles half a mile half a mile from each other Denise Harris was 42 years old and she was a school teacher. Initially, I was thinking, well, how did she end up in a place like this? Did she, was she lured there? How was she lured there? And then they tell us that she did have a problem with substance abuse. She did have a home to go to. She had a fiance. She had a career she wanted to pursue. And unfortunately, she just had an addiction. She lost her job, which could have only made her addiction worse, most likely. So then, unfortunately, that led to her losing her life. Denise Harris was found on her back and she had been dragged. They could tell because the way her clothes were. So she was dragged a little bit and she was wearing a small zip-up jacket, white shoes with her laces missing because they were used to tie up her hands and her feet. She had a belt tied around her neck and her bra was in her mouth used as a gag. Denise Harris was also found close to a homeless campsite. Near that campsite, there was a beer can that was stabbed into a branch nearby. They had taken a photo of it and Detective Steiger took a note of that. At this point, the medical examiner gave Detective Steiger a call and they identified the woman as Olivia Smith. The way they were to figure out that it was her is because they ran her fingerprints through the system and she did have a police record. This woman was almost 28 years old, one more month and she would have been 28. She was involved in drugs, prostitution, assaults, petty theft. She was also most likely an addict. She was, in fact, a part of the jungle. Her cause of death, forgive me if I mispronounce this word, exsanguination, which basically means that she bled to death in less than two minutes. She had also been stabbed in the chest, and this part was strange to me. She was stabbed seven times in the buttocks. I don't know why somebody would that's just overkill at that point why in the world what can somebody possibly do to you that you want to just like go at them like that <sighs> anyway so the question is now like was she tortured was this a fit of rage what's going on so the detective is thinking that somebody maybe tried to sexually assault her and so she tried to fight back with the knife so the knife they're thinking was maybe on her and it was taken from her by the uh, aggressor and then after he took it he became enraged and then started stabbing her and then ran away which i'm thinking right now did he get interrupted like did he hear a noise and then run because the other woman he had tied her up with her shoelaces which you could really only do postpartum because i would imagine if you tried to tie somebody up against their will with shoelaces it wouldn't be very strong she had a tattoo on her arm that says taylor now that detective steiger has her name he can find her family so he goes to find the family and they tell him that they hadn't heard from her in a very long time and they knew that she was having a hard time they knew that she struggled with addiction and they were devastated, but they also weren't very surprised. Olivia was in a relationship, according to the family. He was very abusive and had also threatened to kill her in the past. 
His name was Taylor Shaw. She filed the protection order against him in the past and he had threatened to specifically, he specifically threatened her and said, I'm going to stab you. So that's not good. I wonder who she told this to in her family. Somebody, obviously. The officers are able to find Taylor Shaw and he is now the prime suspect. There is also an active warrant for his arrest, so this is good for them. They can kill two birds with one stone. They start questioning him, and this part is really weird. I don't really get it. I know I say that every episode, but you guys, I really don't. <laughs> he tells them, you guys have the wrong guy. My real name is Tim Williams. I'm using Taylor Shaw as, um, uh, what's the word? He's basically using that as his identity because he's trying to avoid other charges. Like, I get it but I don't. That's super weird. So they let him go. And yeah, they just say, oh, oops, my bad. You can leave. So they're not going to charge him for the charges that he was avoiding. I don't know. I don't, maybe they didn't think it was relevant enough to put in the documentary. But yeah, so that guy's gone now. There's been a new discovery of human remains by the jungle. This is a whole nother murder. A homeless man was looking for cans and he had found skeletal remains while he was looking. There was a shirt and a skull. When they went to the scene, they saw that her mouth was open, his or her mouth was open, and they could see a gag in the mouth. They call a forensic anthropologist. The anthropologist tells them that this is a woman. She had been there for a few months. She still had some hair and there was a plaid shirt. The type of clothing that she was wearing indicated that she was also somebody else that was most likely a part of the jungle. They were also able to figure out that this woman had been tied up using shoelaces. Okay, so there is officially a serial killer. Um, I'm not super convinced that number the, the third woman, Olivia Smith, is the same victim as the other two, but also shoelaces, maybe, most likely. There's a tote bag next to this body and this bag had papers in it. The papers indicated that the victim's name was Antoinette Jones, and it was summons paperwork, so she was being summoned to court. She was similar to the others in that she was also going down the wrong path, struggled with addiction, maybe didn't have family, and just things like that. Or I should say, maybe the family wasn't very close with her at this point in her life. The family did call her Tony. They say that she was a great singer. She actually had dreams of becoming a singer and following her career in music. She got pregnant young and she moved to Colorado where things were going really well. Later on in life, her brother had committed suicide because he had PTSD from serving in the Iraq war and that took a huge, huge toll on her according to her family. Her mother said that after that, she spiraled into a depression and then she ended up in Seattle, Washington. And I guess after that, they didn't hear from her very much um, because nobody reported her missing, which is shocking to me. Like you don't hear from your daughter, your sister and how long, but at the same time, you never know everybody's situation, so. It was determined that she was most likely killed in mid-August, so that would be somebody in August, somebody in September, and then a few months later, that would be Olivia Smith in January. Detective Szynski gets a call from a man in prison who was serving time for robbery, and he tells him, if you help me get out, I will help you find the guy. This piques his interest, this piques my interest, what do you have to say? So he tells him that he's gonna have a hard time getting him out, but he does wanna speak with him. This guy tells him, go ahead and bring me a cappuccino. So he brings him a cappuccino. Um, oh, before he brings him a cappuccino, my bad, I forgot to mention. He says, you never found her purse, did you? That's when the detective thought, okay, you're not full of shit. Let me go see you. Otherwise, it just probably sounds like another criminal trying to get out and lie. He says that he was with the men who killed Denise. His name was Dwayne Lee Harris, and he goes by Chili Willie. 
this is weird his last name is harris and so is denise's i thought that was really weird so i made a note of that he said he was there and the man killed her strangled her tied her up with shoelaces and then put her purse down a storage drain storage drain did i mean to put storage drain i typed storage drain i don't know what that is i don't know what i meant to put though anyway he put the purse somewhere else and he said a man named mike smith did it that sounds that's a fake ass name <laughs> that sounds super fake detectives say that also sounds fake but let's go with it right he said promise that you'll get me out of here and the detective is like nope i can't make that promise so he's like fine fine detectives take him and they say here if you really if you were really there when it happened show us where her body was or show us where she was killed so they take him handcuffs on handcuffs on his feet everything and much to their surprise he's able to take them to the exact spot where she was killed so what about the purse he says the purse was thrown over there they go look there is no purse so now detectives think that he's like busting their chops at this point he says i swear i was up here at one point i even hit my head on a beer can that was impaled on a branch which we talked about earlier he starts describing mike smith he's like it was a black male he's in his 30s he has a mustache yada 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 and the police are just like dude you're lying they don't believe him they're suspicious of him and now they're thinking like is there really a mike smith did he do this himself like i said mike smith is a fake ass name so they go and they find every mike smith that has ever been arrested in washington or either seattle washington or washington they have all these pictures and they bring it to him in prison and they show him pictures and he's like nope it's none of them i don't know who it is whatever and he's just not cooperating anymore and he's like well are you gonna help me get out detectives are like i can't help you with that so he just stops cooperating overall now detective steiger and detective sazinski are driving around trying to figure out what the hell happened to these three girls who did this to them and one of the detectives or another detective at the office says hey uh, i'm working on a homicide case and there is this 16 year old female and she's a witness to my case can you pick her up for me so they're like yeah sure that's fine so they pick her up and she is a prostitute currently and he starts telling her or detective steiger starts telling her like hey you need to be really careful you never know who's out there in these streets like make sure that you have a knife on you make sure you're being safe uh, maybe this isn't the life for you kind of tries to like talk her out of prostituting and you know just being like that and then he asks her has anything scary ever happened to you and she opens up and she says some pretty interesting things she says so i'm completely naked and he tries to tie me up with my own shoelaces like super weird and they're like oh shit like that's our guy so they're like who did that what's his name she says this fool's name i mind you i had no idea i was surprised you guys might not be he says this guy's name was chili willie yeah the way she escaped i don't know if he was actually going to kill her or if that's just like a kink that he has but she did run away from him and she was completely naked and then didn't see him again after that i also don't know when this happened but yeah chilly willy what the okay you know now i have to watch my cussing because i'm on youtube <laughs> anyway now we're getting the interrogation audio that we were listening to in the beginning of the episode he said yeah i killed them and that bitch in the stairwell too i'm like that bit first of all you're a bitch okay i don't know if that counts as a cuss word so they ask him do you want a lawyer and he specifically says no i do not want a lawyer antonette jones known as tj he said that he killed her because she stole some drugs off of him and at one point 
Antoinette Jones, known as TJ, stole some drugs from him at some point. So they were walking together at a certain spot, and he's like, oh, do you want to go to my playground? Which is really creepy. Like, don't go with somebody if they say that, but I don't know. And they're like, what's the playground? And he's like, oh, it's a spot where nobody can hear you scream. Creepy, 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 creepy. He says, do you know who I am? She says, no. And he's like, well, you better know me. You stole from me. So he hit her in the face. She hits the ground and then he chokes her out with a belt. It's really sad because I guess she was saying, um, please don't kill me. Like I have children, I have kids. And um, he's saying to her, like now is not the time to talk about your children. It's time to die. Like he's just a freaking psychopath. This next part kind of like had me cringing a little bit. Like it's because I never knew this. I always thought that if somebody was strangling you, you could, and obviously this is not a very simple situation, but I'm thinking like if someone's strangling you, maybe you could just hold your breath and they'll think that you're dead and then you could just like pretend to be dead. Like, I mean, obviously you have adrenaline in you, so maybe you're not thinking that, but he says something that kind of debunks that. He says he could tell that she tried to do that same thing, but he felt her eyes pop out and then she had also peed herself. He says, you can always tell that feeling when the victim's eyes pop out. That's when they're really dead. That was really morbid, guys. I'm sorry. After that, he threw cardboard over her and left her for dead. With Denise, he had never met her before that first time he met her. He saw her at the bar, offered her some cocaine, and he knew that he was going to kill her anyway. She had never done anything to him. She was just going to be his next victim. It was just like wrong place at the wrong time. He took her somewhere and he killed her the exact same way that he killed the first victim. He keeps saying his playground, which is another way that he says, like, he sexually assaults and murders these poor women. The detectives describe him as a psychopath, and he says that he feels his best when he's murdering people. They ask him, what would happen if we let you out? He tells them that they would find four more body bags. I don't understand how he goes from... I, I don't get how he's talking about it, like, he's bragging, like, what the... I guess we're not meant to understand evil and that's okay when he killed olivia he was specifically going out to look for somebody to kill he lured her at the bottom of the stairs with crack cocaine they got high and then he starts attacking her he goes to get her shoelaces off and then she grabs a knife behind her and stabs him i don't know where she stabs him um but he shouldn't do it very hard because he was able to get it away from her and then he just goes into a fit of rage he takes the knife stabs her in multiple areas he says oh i stabbed her in the ass like what why dude and he's like bragging like yeah i'm the king of the jungle like this fool's just delusional like he's just delusional he loves the attention obviously you guys his mugshot photo is like you are a psychopath i if i can find it i'm putting it right here because like really i don't even have any words for this guy he's like Anyway, he gets charged with three counts of murder in the first degree and one count of attempting murder in the first degree. This would have been for that 16-year-old that was in the car with the officers. He is serving 94 years in state prison. And yeah, that's pretty much it. I mean, unfortunately, I don't think that that's the last murder that's going to happen in the jungle. That's just an area that, you know, if you're homeless and you're going down the wrong path, you don't really have a lot of family, that's just an easy target for somebody that wants to kill and maybe go a while without getting caught. Hopefully detectives like Steiger and Sazinski are still working in homicide. That way they can continue to solve them and bring justice to these victims 
Um, I'm not sure, but hopefully they're there. But anyway, thank you guys so much for consuming crime with me today. And uh, make sure you give us five stars wherever you're listening. And you'll hear me next week. All right, bye.